Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I am Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're going viral. Or maybe we're just outbidding on people on eBay. So grab your loot and wreck it. Because today we're bringing you Ralph Breaks the Internet. Ralph Breaks the Internet. With a very, 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 very special guest. We do have a very special guest. He's the nicest human in the world. He is the world's foremost expert on Wreck-It Ralph, the original. And he's super friendly. I cannot stress this point enough. If you haven't bought your Watso Videos merch, do it now. I have. This man, My Watso Videos man, merch shipped today. It, he deserves your time, energy, and money. Our guest today is Isaac Carlson of Watso Videos, from Watso Videos, is Watso <laughs> Videos. Isaac, welcome back to the show. We're super happy to have you. I'm happy to be here, Tyler. I had a great time discussing Harry Potter, but Ralph Breaks the Internet is much more my speed in the Disney realm. So what we've got today I'm is a guy that is a scholar on Ra Wreck-It Ralph, the first one, and a guy who has not seen Wreck-It Ralph in six years. You haven't Tom seen Wreck-It Ralph in six years? I have years? not seen it since shortly after it came out of the theaters. Really? Yep. I told you to watch it today. I didn't. Fun <laughs> fact. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my exact text was, Ethan, you should revisit the original, but if you don't, it's fine because the movie didn't expect you to. And tell me, Ethan, did the movie expect you to watch the original? No. Unless you wanted to no. know who Vanellope was or like immediately recognize what game she's from. No. Sugar Rush. Yeah. But at first I was, I was like, what is it that you do? She's a racer. <laughs> she's Sugar a racer. Rush, yeah. Anyway. Isaac, good to be back. Good to have you back. How's Wisconsin? Dude, Wisconsin is cooling off more and more every day. It's getting down to the 20s right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I love the fact that that's cooling off and not, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> no, I'm still just wearing a fleece pretty much every day, and I, I just live with oh that. Oh my god. <sighs> let, let me tell you about Virginia. It gets cold here. It doesn't get that kind of cold, but like it gets cold here. But when it gets below freezing, everybody freaks out. I freak out. Like below freezing I'm, is when it, when people are like, "All right, it, it's it's cold, guys." It's it's parka weather. It's yeah. It's thick fur lined boot. Got weather. people walking it's around flannel, in ski pants. Flight to the store. Khaki weather. I'll tell you one thing. It does get cold. Like we have days in the teens and in the single digits every year. There's, we never go below zero. We do. There's a there's one day of like negative four pretty much every year. See, and it's is the that apocalypse. Wisconsin? Yeah. See, in Wisconsin, we have it where we'll be getting consistent wind chills in like the negative sixteens. And when Oh my yeah, god I have on my campus there's a river that divides the campus. So when you go across the river, it gets even colder out there for the wind chill. So like we have one of like the coldest recordings in like the United States on that river, on that bridge. So yeah, but classes never cancel. They never cancel for cold weather. But I had that happen in high school before. Yeah, we had that happen a lot in high school. Yeah, there's... Where it was like, there's a chance of snow. Shut the city down. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Packers fan. And so that, that like last couple games of the season every year, that last home game or the first playoff game, it's always like, well, and if you look at the wind chill, the temperature's the same, whether it's Celsius or Fahrenheit, negative 40 at kickoff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh kickoff. my God. <laughs> well, let's let's get into Ralph. So this movie was released November 21st, 2018. And that's five days ago of this, as of this recording on a 175 estimated million dollar budget. It is so far not made that back at 127 million, 42,000. 
$1,373 worldwide, which is an oddly specific number for, you know, when our budget is is not clear. Thank you. Uh, this movie got an 86% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 67% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a solid 71 on Metacritic. Do you, do you see those scores? Where, where do you guys come from on those scores? I am unsurprised um about any of those scores tell you the truth metacritic i'm surprised by the audience i'm not i'm not you think it's low okay i think it's low you think it's low i definitely can see their people being people like okay i mean yeah i th well, whatever i think for the people that are like really excited about movies and animation i can see why they would just find it as an average or passable film see that's surprising to me because i think i'm pretty about movies and animation and i thought personally that this film may have been an improvement on the original for its cultural significance and as far as animation and film quality goes i think it was all there the only thing i think it was lacking in which is unfortunately like the greatest cardinal sin you can make in filmmaking is that the the central conflict was a little dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I would personally, you know, I'm big into film. I'm not super hot into animation, usually. Um, I've, I've been notoriously harsh on animated films, and I have my reasons. Um, but this one actually surprised me as far as, like, an animated movie goes. I don't necessarily think it broke ground as far as animation. It was pretty. No. But it's not, yeah, it like, pretty. it's no Pixar. No, no and, I, and I think that uh, there was actually a lazy moment in the film. You'll notice it, it was almost like a TV show when, go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this. At the end, when there's the Ralph monster... And it had like the, you know, Ralph was in like a muted color when he was the clone or the virus or whatever. And then when it became like super Ralph, they were all just sort of muted colors. I didn't feel like I could see enough of a difference in his overalls and his shirt and his hair and his skin tone to where it was actually like frustrating to me how neutral colored he was. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Where it was like on a cartoon, they would do the same thing where like I'm thinking of the uh, the anchovies episode of Spongebob, you know, where they like to make the crowd and it's not just a bunch of individual anchovies. It's literally just like, it looks like a big blue blob. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I get what you're talking about. I think that's just red is such a strong color mm -hmm. that like the shirt, because you know, you essentially zoom it out and it becomes pixels and it's like his shirt is just so strong compared to everything else that's going on that like the shirt comes out more than like the off maroon overalls yeah. or the skin tone. I mean, skin yeah. tone is pretty neutral neutral in general yeah yeah i agree i feel like the the film was pretty and had a lot of detail to it but it's still no land of the dead hoko in detail and like beauty no no not at all no it's not it's not a bob parr shirt no and yeah animated detail animated detail it may have lacked but like content detail like attention to detail was phenomenal in this movie. There's uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on, all kinds of references that, like, if you blink, you're going to miss stuff. I agree with you there. And what I think was so impressive here was internet references, like meme culture, the whole point of it. And it, this movie digs a lot on it. Like, Ralph becomes a meme lord, right? That's, like, the plot for a good chunk of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's so interesting that they were able to keep it relevant when meme culture is constantly evolving. Like... The Tide Pods thing was this year. And this movie has been in production for longer than just this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the commentary they were making, like even the way that they were presented and stuff, it was, you know, I don't think BuzzFeed's not what it was probably when this movie started made, make, being made. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know how BuzzFeed is these days. I don't, I don't personally keep track of it. But you know what I'm saying? Where it was like the way that they were able to present all this content, it was still relevant. It was still interesting, despite the fact that animated movies take a long time to write and make. 
Yeah. I think it was really good at taking a snapshot of what the internet is today without going, in, like you said, into like the very specifics or the nitty gritty of what the culture is like at this current time. Like I liked how Ralph wasn't actually on YouTube. He was on some other generic platform, even though they were making references right. to a lot of sites, they were talking more about things that are long lasting trends over the last like decade and probably in the next decade instead of going too deep into it. Right. And right. And that is something that it did a good job of, I think, is showing the internet as a snapshot in the late 2000s teens and not just like an internet, a snapshot of the internet on 11, 21, 2018. Yeah. Right. Like it, it didn't try to be too up to the minute, but it also wasn't the, my big concern. My big concern was, especially when I saw the trailer, and I wasn't overly, overly impressed by the trailers. When I saw the trailers and saw them showing things like BuzzTube and BuzzFace, I was like, this is just going to be some, like, baby boomer, anti-internet, like, slog, and it's just going to be bad, poorly written, you know, sledgehammer internet jokes. And it wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. It, it wasn't that. And just to build off a point you were making just a second ago, I want to talk about, you were talking about how they, they snapshotted internet culture in the late 20 teens really well. And that builds off of what they did really well in the first film, which was like mid 80s arcade culture. I'm guessing I, I wasn't there for the mid 80s. So I don't know. But where it was like, you know, you've got Pac-Man and, and Sonic and, and all of these characters. And that's who he was, you know, 30 years ago. But you've got all these characters supporting Ralph. But you've also got instead of Donkey Kong, you've got Wreck-It Ralph. And instead of... uh you know whatever generic racing game Vanellope's supposed to be from you've got Vanellope from Sugar Rush instead of you know I don't even know what you know what her obvious comparison is but um so they did a good job of that by making familiar enough characters with with BuzzTube being you know I have said you know like a hundred times being a combination of BuzzFeed and YouTube very clearly but also its own sort of generic just throw buzzwords at an internet search title and you've got it you know yeah. and then speaking on the second point you were making ethan it wasn't just like an internet slog i thought that it did a very good job of teaching important internet safety and internet culture to a generation that is growing up with it from the perspective of a generation that knows to be cautious yeah for sure and that's the thing is it felt like it was written by our generation and not like the last generation i know that there are a lot of you know kind of for lack of a better word like old heads hanging around disney and, and and, and everything doing a lot of the writing and doing a lot of these things and so i was i was very concerned that it was going to be something like that it, it it wasn't something it was actually the exact opposite of what i thought it was going to be which i thought you were going to get traditional disney like fairly compelling heartwarming story but it's just going to be slightly out of touch but it was very in touch with what i would consider not disney's best story yeah that makes sense yeah i feel like i'm being really harsh on this movie i did genuinely like this movie i liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, would you? I would give it a binary one. Would you agree? I, not really. Oh, you don't. You don't have to see it. I just disagree so much. I think that if you are the intended audience for this film, you have to see it. I think it teaches young kids about safety and internet success as a career. Every kid in the world, if you go to like career day at the kindergarten or the middle school or whatever. Every single kid wants to be a YouTuber. Every single one. And I think that this movie does a really good job of teaching kids, like, it's possible, it's achievable, and I think that's an important lesson to teach because it is achievable. A lot of people do it. Isaac, you're doing it right now. But it's also dangerous and a lot more work than you think. And it's fleeting. If you're a viral success, you're a fleeting success. Right, and the real reality is that, like, viral content isn't going to have the same name when these kids have grown up and done it. Um, a YouTube probably isn't still going to be the chief medium I, I feel like we're reaching an end to YouTube. Maybe, I disagree. maybe not in the next I couple years, but in the next like ten years, I think it's just going to merge into something else. I think that 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 we're due for another leap forward on that front. Um, 
and I don't think that you could treat this movie like a PSA. I just, I just don't like Isaac. I'm curious your thoughts, Isaac, from the perspective of a YouTuber. I think I never really got the that type of vibe from it that it was like trying to show um, like the pros and cons of like being all like an internet celebrity. But I, I feel like it actually kind of does though. Like now that you brought up that point, it did show that like Ralph could become the success, but there's also the negative comments and there's the danger of like viruses and things like that. It shows the positives and negatives of internet culture. But I, that wasn't like the thing I took away the most from the movie at all. Like if you're looking for that type of message, I think you can find it. But I was much more focused on Ralph and Vanellope's relationship than that. Yeah, I think the, the motto of this, or the moral of this movie is not, it's okay to be a YouTuber. I think the moral of this movie is you should probably talk to your friends about things. Yeah. Like things go better when you have the tough conversations. And that's a lesson, personally, Ethan, you and I have been learning a lot, especially since we started the podcast. Uh, but even more in light of recent events, um, which I'm not going to go into here because they're not relevant. But I agree with you. I think the movie does a very good job of showing that it's important to have the tough conversations and it's important to... Yeah, I, I agree with you. And things just go better when you have those conversations. Like, Ralph and Vanellope didn't talk to each other and everything got horrible for both of them. Right. Like, seriously, Elsa, I have... Or Anna, I have ice powers. <laughs> it's, like, like, <laughs> it's like they're trying to hammer this message home. Like, talk right. to your friends, talk to your family, listen to your friends, listen to your family. Because, like, if right. Moana's dad had been understanding, things would have gone different. If Anna and Elsa just talked to each other, things would have gone different. And to build on that, if Anna's... Or if, if Moana's dad had been like, we can't go out to sea because we used to be travelers and we're not anymore for a good reason. Yeah. Right. If, if he had just explained <laughs> that to her and then right. if she was like, hold on though, I have the heart of Tafiti. I don't know if you were aware. I have the heart of And he would have just been like, okay, cool. We can just wrangle this armada up. We still have the ships. Like, let's right. go. You're the person. <laughs> also, why didn't let's... the grandma say, hey, uh, son, trust me, it's the real deal. I saw it happen, but like, she yeah, didn't right. chime in at all, even when she was on her deathbed. I know, ridiculous. <laughs> right, instead, Moana learns that lesson from banging sticks against a drum. <laughs> Moana. What I was really impressed with, what I think Disney did really well in this movie, is take themselves kind of out of the the driver's seat a little bit and be willing to kind of poke fun at themselves and, and get a little meta with things. I agree with you. I think they did an excellent and job with that. Ethan, I'm curious your perspective and Isaac's perspective on this. So speaking of Disney in the film, they've obviously got a, like a stranglehold scene. Now, personally, I'm not a super nostalgic person when it comes to Disney. That's not to say I don't like the Disney Renaissance films or the films I grew up with. That's just to say that I like them because they're quality content, not because I liked them when I was a child. Does that make sense? Right. I, I don't think this movie's trying to play off nostalgia at all. I think that most of the stuff they showed is still pretty relevant. Like the fact that Star Wars is involved in like omdisney.com. Oh, my Disney? Yeah. I agree with you. And that's that's the point that I was making. Now, Isaac, you're like a like a Disney stan, right? A Disney nerd. Safe oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. deep into all things Disney. All thi oh my Disney, yeah. right? <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. I thought that the princess scene and the Disney scenes were nuanced in an, like an interesting way. I thought Disney coming out for the first time in years and saying, you know, we've got this princess culture. Anna and Elsa are part of it. Moana's part of it. And Vanellope is part of it. And now that Vanellope's here, not only do we have these princesses, but now they have loungewear outfits, which I think is more, there's more to that than just like a silly scene in the movie. I think there's a lot of merchandising and stuff that can come from that. Oh, I want a, a, like a Elsa just let it go. Just, just let it go. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want it so bad. Now, Isaac, I'm curious, your perspective as a Diz nerd, what did that scene mean to you? And then Ethan, I want your perspective as somebody who's not super into the parks and the Disney culture. I'm curious, two perspectives on this. So I'll let Isaac, I'll like Isaac go, go first. first. All right. So I thought it was very cool of all of them combining everything Disney and all the properties that they have under their belt currently. Uh, like the Disney princesses, like switching outfits, I think is kind of interesting because it's trying to like make the princesses appeal to more of the average girl instead of make, putting them mm -hmm. onto a pedestal like I feel like they have been for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. What I find interesting though is I I enjoy the meta jokes on Disney and Disney poking fun at itself, but at the same time I'm getting a little like little grinded down by it just by someone who consumes and overanalyzes all of the Disney films that are released is that that's a huge trend that's been occurring in the Disney revival is that they're constantly trying to subvert what they've been doing for decades and trying to play off that with villains like Hans and trying to build on the relationship of Anna and Elsa which is good but then making jokes about it like um poking fun at Moana that if she's like she has an animal sidekick and she's the, you know the daughter of a chief that means she's a princess so they're they're doing a lot of things recently that are trying to like rebuild their brand and try to like establish themselves on their own so from that perspective like i enjoyed it i had a lot of fun with it i thought it was really funny when c3po came in and was like trying to bring them out for the next quiz but <laughs> at the same time like it just feels a little tired just as someone who is looking at it all the time and like appreciates some of those like old traditions so that's my perspective on it. Interesting. Interesting. I'm Ethan, I'm extremely curious about yours because I I did not have Isaac's experience. So I'm curious <laughs> about yours. So yeah, I I don't <clears throat> see that happening at all. I guess that I'm just missing it. Or Maybe I'm thinking of Star Wars as Star Wars and thinking of Pixar as Pixar. But this was like, especially the scene with the princesses in their, you know, backstage room or whatever. That is like Disney trademark. Like, the castle comes before the movie. Like, those are the princesses. Like, that's not, that doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars to me. Star Wars is still Star Wars. Like, um, and so for me, it was cool to get to see them pull the, the curtain back a little bit. And, and, and for them to acknowledge the like, well, this is what makes a princess, like, in a movie. I thought that was really cool. It was actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And I, I am notoriously kind of lukewarm on the whole Disney thing I I don't feel I feel like we give too much credit to Disney as a studio and we feel and we give them their 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 movies a uh, kind of a blind loyalty sometimes that stuff kind of bothers me a little bit but this one I I felt like Disney acknowledged a lot of things that are going on for me as kind of an outsider and I, I like I said it was one of my favorite scenes of the movie I thought it was really funny I thought it was done really well and even for them to be like we don't understand Merida she's from the other studio <laughs> she's <laughs> I love that they changed her line from the from the preview where she was like I turned my mom into a bear and blah blah or she, it was like a totally new thing that you couldn't understand at all I, thought I, it was think, great. I think maybe part of the reason I didn't enjoy it as much is because I saw it in the trailers beforehand because I I enjoyed it a lot the first time I saw it but I just don't think it like had as big an impact on me once I saw it in the film because you know I because I always follow all of the trailers that release and all the clips and everything even though I know that it's going to it's always going to expose some parts of the movie for you some of the funny aspects so it's not like I didn't find it hilarious and stuff but it's just in the moment I guess but I, I, that's what I'm saying is I think that your perspective is perfectly valid and I think that scenes like that were for more for people like me who they need to kind of resell on the whole Disney thing and not for <laughs> the people that were like I'm gonna watch this movie eight times regardless of whether or not it's good <laughs> I'm gonna buy the VR experience when I go to Disney World because that's like what if I'm this do. movie. Uh -huh. 
if this movie was bad, like I would have no problems sitting here on this episode and ripping it apart in front of you. Like I would have no qualms about that. <laughs> but I'm not because it's not it's not a bad movie. And I like I, I did think that was one of my favorite scenes. I think um, the thing with with the, was... with the songs was like the fact they all acknowledged like you got to stare into some water and then you right. get your song. <laughs> yeah. I loved how they were able to very subtly sort of pun their own character. Or, you know, like, Mulan said something about reflections, and there was a bunch of just, like, really subtle pieces that were, I mean, they were, you know, on the nose, but they were, I don't know, I thought it was interesting. Isaac, I think it's really funny how you just said, I'm gonna buy the VR experience when I go to Disney World. Like, buying the VR experience was the next step. But, like, people like Ethan and I just don't plan on going to Disney World. Like, that that's the thats the missing step for us. Right, like, right? I'll go back to Disney World if I find myself in Orlando with some cash and nothing to do. Right. I'll, I do really, like really want to go to Toy Story Land. Like, I do want to go to too. Pixar Pier or whatever it is. Um, but it's and not, it's not like, a priority in my life. I'm not sitting here counting down the days on my next Disney trip. And I, I mean, even before we did the show and, and came in contact with a lot more people that do that, one of our best friends back in college was that guy like oh, he was three weeks in the parks every year like that kind of guy and i love that guy i didn't get it then i still don't get it and that's fine like hunter we love you i know you're listening <laughs> yeah that's that's hunter wells that's my boy he's like one of the other nicest people i ever met in my life and maybe maybe there's something to that disney parks thing <laughs> right maybe that's why everybody's so nice maybe i'm sitting up here in mount crumpet just being a grinch about it and that's what's like making my life this was making me less of a nice person dude yeah is it i don't buy into the parks i i am all into the parks i got a week at disney world and a week at disneyland planned for next year so that is insane i do i do kind of want to go to disneyland i'm not gonna lie to you yeah all i know is when we were freshmen in college greg varley was trying to get in a disney college program to go to disneyland because disneyland had the world of color the fountain yes that was a light show at California Adventure. Is it still there? Is it awesome? I okay. So I've been to Disney World a plethora of times. I've been to Disneyland twice. I've never got to go to California Adventure. So I will let you know once I go do that. Which is why. What I is California go. Adventure? So that's like the second park at like the Disneyland Resort. So there's Disneyland, and then across from it is California Adventure, which was like the original concept was it's going to be like a tour of California and be able to experience it, and it's kind of devolved into like lots of different movies. Disney. So, so it's like it's like Universal in in. Orlando, where there's like the Islands of Adventure and I don't know, the other part where Harry Potter is. I only go to the Harry Potter part. I don't care about the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Which one, which one has the roller coaster um, with the tubes? The tubes. Like, do you mean like the Incredicoaster? Is that what it's called now? Yeah, it used to be uh, California. Next to the Ferris Wheel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. Okay, that one. Is that California? Next to the Ferris Wheel. Yep, that that whole carousel. Caris uh, yeah, carousel and Incredicoaster and all like uh, Mission Breakout, the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy ride. That's all california adventure does the roller coaster still have a giant mickey on it um and does the ferris wheel still have yeah, a giant the ferris mickey wheel on it? does mm -hmm. okay because that is like one of the quintessential like photos in all of theme park oh yeah is that is the, mickey the, on a ferris that, wheel? the ferris wheel on the roller coaster like you would recognize this view that i'm looking at hang on it's like over some water i'm posting it in the skype you you would recognize this like if it sends yeah like i'd say the the most photographed location in theme parks is cinderella's castle but i'm sure on the 
the west coast the ferris wheel is one of the top cinderella's castle is a cool thing oh i'm i'm not wowed by many things in disney world i won't lie yeah. i'm I, like i'm always like yep somebody built that there was like an architect and a bunch of builders and they put it together like, i don't i don't see them as like artistic constructions i see them as like planned constructions yeah. which you know they are artistic i'm i'm wrong here uh it's just hard for me to see it that way but like when you see cinderella's castle at the end of the like designed street to make it look big and majestic yeah. and beautiful it really is that cool it's and crazy. yeah the, the disney parks are exceptional theme parks like they may not be what i'm looking for out of theme park i'm partial to like a bunch of roller coasters i don't really care if it all <laughs> is like laid out perfectly nicely but like the disney parks are laid out very well they all have the big thing in the middle yeah. like there's the tree and the hat and the globe and the castle and like it's all very it, it adds the experience for sure yeah um anyway let's so let's let's talk about this movie you mentioned something that i wanted to bring up um uh, because you started talking about the vr experience mm. the first hour and some change of this movie is a better adaptation of ready player one than the ready player one movie cool i'll say it brutal <laughs> i love the ready player what? one movie but i think that, like i noticed so many things that were like very similar out of the book that i was like okay i get this this is what wade was talking about wade watts wade owen tell watts. Me about, are you talking about when they first go into the internet what do you tell me more i'm just yeah I'm like confused. when they when they the well from the arcade thing to like when they first go into the internet it was just it was a, i didn't write down specific examples and now they're all fleeting from me for some reason but there was just like a lot of callbacks that i had to ready player one the book like it right down to the to the race like there's no race there's no, oh the there's book. no race in the movie in the book it's only in the movie dang now i've confused myself is it a better adaptation of the movie than the movie i think so, that's the thing that's what i'm getting i think this is a better adaptation of ready player one the movie than ready player one yeah. the movie yeah um what yeah this movie did a lot of things well um i think it did the nostalgia factor pretty well i think it did the internet thing pretty well uh it did a lot of things wrong um it still has sarah silverman in it oh i thought she was wonderful. oh no if i ever have to hear that voice again it's too soon this is why i avoided watching the first one again i remembered as soon as she started talking i was like oh my god she sounds like gravel on a chalkboard yeah she does but that's that's what vanellope sounds like right but i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> i don't I'm, i don't fall into the trap of that's what vanellope sounds like i'm like you could have done it differently you could have gotten what's the girl that does elsa adina menzel yeah no you the one that does anna Oh, uh, Kristen Bell. Yeah. Kristen Bell. You could have gotten Kristen Bell. You could have gotten. Could have gotten Tara Strong. Tara Strong. Yeah, she I would have preferred Tessa Nettick. <laughs> that would have been an interesting cat. I would have been excited about. But I would have been ecstatic. No, she's, if Tessa she is consistently <laughs> like the one part of the casting in these movies where I'm like, oh, okay, because like the rest of the, the the voice acting was was excellent. I love John Isaac, C. Are you raising your hand, Isaac. Are you raising your no, hand? No, no. I've got a, I've got a like twin size bed above me, so oh, I'm just. Oh, gonna I was like, yeah. I was like, man, you could just talk. You don't have to. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, he's got a hut. He's got a. You have a neat little set under there, right? Is that your sink behind you? Is that your dorm? Yeah, I'm in my dorm. Yeah, I'm so sink sad. the the fridge and then my YouTube setups over there. Oh look at that! And my computers are over here. But I have to use my laptop. Is that an iMac with a second Mac screen? No, they're two LG screens. Okay. Yeah. One of them looked like an iMac, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Watson's doing really well. <laughs> Watson videos is making the money. Maybe don't buy his merch. Buy our merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got that that iMac Pro with the with the Thunderbolt screen. Not a not an Apple user myself. I'm I'm full of Windows and Android. Oh. You have an Android phone? Get out of town. Is Mac, that real? Google Pixel 2 XL. I knew it. as soon as you said oh Android, I was like, he's got a, he's got a Google Pixel. He's full YouTube. <laughs> he's got full YouTube. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> I have Google Wi-Fi and it changes lives, 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 lives. Yeah, Google Wi-Fi is the next, the next that real ish. That real. <laughs> that good, good, as the youth would say. It does not yeet. So, how do you think this one stacks up to Wreck-It Ralph, the first one? Both of you. I think this movie is a compelling story, and I think it's a logical continuation of the pre previous one. I love how they took the final line of the first movie and made it central conflict of the second one. But, I feel like the first- What was the final line of the first movie? Okay, so- I don't remember. So, Ralph gets picked up by the Nicelanders- and Ralph is looking over to Vanellope's game and he says, if she thinks, if she likes me, how bad of guy can I be? So the whole second oh, movie is based on that he, his entire reality is solely based on the affirmation from Vanellope. And which, right, his, yeah, his whole insecurity is based off of that six year long relationship. with. So I well, and, and of course he's the villain this time, so. Yeah, but I feel like the first movie is a much tighter story and is more direct path. I never felt like I was like questioning when it was going to end or anything like that. And the second one, I feel like started out really, really tight and streamlined, but it kind of devolved in the second half. Yeah, I, I think I, I'll that... agree with you there. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I think the third act is a little like, what on earth is going on? I'm, I'm not like in favor of Vanellope leaving Sugar Rush for Slaughter Race. Like I get why she did. I get the character arc and I get what they were going for. But, like, that's not what video game characters do. That's what Turbo did. That was a problem. Yeah, no, that is absolutely <laughs> that is absolutely what video game characters do. That makes 100% sense because that adds reality to things like Fortnite, okay? Yeah. That, that is what this did is it lends reality to, to games like that where it's, like, a little bit more open source, a little bit, like, you could pretty much create whatever you want as a character, as a skin, as whatever, and they would totally sell Vanellope for, like, $35 as Vintage Racer DLC. 100%. I was like, this is the most accurate thing this whole movie is portrayed. Is the fact okay, that but this is what... why characters come into different video games. But the problem is, Ethan, and you didn't watch the first movie the same day you watched the second movie, is that the first movie is about Turbo going from, like, Speed Racer, the main character from essentially Speed Racer, going into Sugar Rush and deleting Vanellope's code or removing Vanellope's code. Oh, man, you started talking so, like, about that's... Turbo. I thought you were talking about the movie with the racing snails. Oh, no, no. no. Different Turbo. No. You said Turbo, <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even remember Turbo was a character in the first. Um, I almost said the first Avengers, the first Wreck-It Ralph, no. and I was like, the snail? I'm, I'm, no, he's supposed know. to be Speed Racer. Yeah, I was right? just like, that, I'm gonna let yeah. this one go. <laughs> you guys go ahead with that one. Whatever metaphor you're coming at here. Yeah. No, the first, the conflict of the first one is that Turbo leaves his game, goes into Sugar Rush, and then becomes King Candy. And Vanellope was the princess of Sugar Rush, and he like takes her position and takes her code, literally removes her code from the game and like sets it to the side so when she's glitching she thinks it's because she's like a glitch in the game and not because that's her superpower yeah and the entire arc of rel is that he has to learn that can't change his purpose in the game and that he needs to take on that career and that role so he can allow the people that are in his life to continue to live and to thrive so by having vanellope just suddenly leave and just saying Oh yeah, Shank put in my code. It's kind of weird that like those two ideas are juxtaposed together if you would watch them back to back. Yeah, I also think Shank was awesome. I, yeah, she was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need more Shank They're just in like every movie. These, these hardcore, like, <laughs> murderous, you know, people in this video game, you know, kill the players and they're just like, hey, um, is what we're doing right? Like, should we just kind of <laughs> let people have this car occasionally? Like, uh, right. 
and this and and they did um they did get kind of kind of Pixar-y here with this movie because like Pixar's thing for a long time was like telling the story behind everyday objects, and this movie did a really good job of that of like t of of explaining you know a. a, a a, an almost a mythology for how the internet works. Yeah. And it gives you like a very tactile idea of, you know, how websites work, how searches happen. And they did a very good job of bringing it back every time. Like, like things that happened in the internet had real world consequences. Like Ralph would rip people out of their cars or, and everything. And it would have, you know, a DNS error. Yep. And right. I think the fact they continued to tie that back, they did a very good job of that where they could have easily just been like, yeah, it's just action that happens. See, so that right. is something I think this movie did exceptionally well. When you initially said that you were going to compare it to Pixar, I thought you were going to say that the whole point of the story was that it was like a buddy film and that it was like the relationship was propelling the two characters like through the story. Um, like Finding Nemo? Yeah. Like, I could definitely see that as well. I mean, it, and, I, and I thought that this is about the first one too, that it's like a little bit more Pixar than it is Disney. And that's the way I felt about Brave in the inverse was like Brave is a little bit more Disney than it is Pixar. And then there's yeah. Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 is gold. People that underrate Big Hero 6 make me mad. You underrate Wreck-It Ralph. No, I don't. <laughs> I just don't. It's not as good as... I'm not even that crazy about Frozen. It's not as good as Frozen. It's not as good as Moana. It's not as good as Big Hero 6. Ooh, I don't know about that. It's tough to compare to Frozen and Moana because I, the, the target demographic for both of those, like Frozen and Moana, I think at the end of the day, and I don't like to report this, were made for young girls. And I think Big Hero 6 and Wreck-It Ralph were made for children. And for that reason, I would say that Wreck-It Ralph and Big Hero 6 get more credit. I just didn't like Wreck-It Ralph as much as the rest of them. Um, I think that Big Hero 6's target is less children than Wreck-It Ralph. Here's, and here's like, I, I was the only, like... I was the only unaccompanied adult in this movie when I went to see it. Here's here's what I think you're missing about Wreck-It Ralph the first one, if you didn't revisit it. My experience was I remembered the first act. I remembered the setup. I remembered, you know, Ralph talking in the like villain support group, but I didn't remember the nuance of the second and third act, which I think makes Ralph that much better. I think it's a very compelling film like the message and the the relationship between Vanellope and Ralph, it really is extremely interesting. And like, I completely forgot the arc with Felix and the... Um, Sergeant Calhoun. Sergeant Calhoun, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I completely forgot that arc. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I forgot about like the bugs in the game. Uh, but I think... Ralph has it's got excellent voice acting it's an excellent story it's got its own contained mythology that I think is really interesting and I would encourage you to revisit it okay because I mean you're really the you're excellent. the guy that's sitting around all the time saying that Frozen is like the best movie ever made so I don't Frozen even want to hear it like I love Frozen I, I I it's it's hard for me to say that Ralph is better than Frozen I don't right. think Frozen's the best movie ever made I think people who don't who people who people underrate Frozen because it is overrated no one I underrates agree. Frozen no no one underrates Frozen I feel like that that's why everyone always underrates it because everyone always thinks that it's super overrated. But I feel like it's only hyped up in the mainstream by people who are like who are like little kids. Like it's always just like, oh, it's just for like little girls who still enjoy it. But I feel like I I love Frozen. I like Frozen, yeah, Frozen is real deal, extremely good. <laughs> like, like, that was... Yeah, it, it is a, not a 90%, though. It's not a 9 I out of 10. I would say it is. It is not a 9 out of 10. I would give that movie There's a no world in which Frozen is a 9 out of 10. This is the same conversation I had to freaking have with Seamus about Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2 is like a 94% Rotten Tomato score. Incredibles 2 is a 6 
Maybe. <laughs> Frozen Frozen is that much better than Incredibles 2. I would Frozen say is Frozen is not that much better than Incredibles 2. Frozen is not I would a say nine Frozen is 30 points better I could just, than, I could, than I could, Incredibles I could, 2. You gotta knock off you gotta knock off two and a half points immediately for the fact and I feel the same way kind of about this movie. You gotta knock off two and a half points immediately for the fact that Anna and Elsa's relationship is so messed up that they can't they don't feel like they can even talk to each other, and that's the whole like pointless plot of the movie. Is it like if you just had a conversation, a simple five-minute conversation. Hey, by the way, I have ice hands. Okay, but there's the whole per point that Elsa is scarred because she almost killed her sister for revealing and experimenting with her powers originally. And then that was supported yeah. by her father for like a decade. So with right. all and that's that the other that's the other pestering. part of that conversation is like, parents, stop bullying your kids because they make mistakes. <laughs> right, Elsa's like, Elsa's like six. This is... <laughs> <laughs> but this but this is this this is like monarch driven norway ethan this is like this isn't today <laughs> like, i'm just saying in like, the past there weren't books on parenting I'm saying the whole conflict of frozen you got it like there's there's a lot of parts of the conflict of frozen that are problematic and that just do not hold up and will not hold up over the test of time. You got to knock two and a half points off for that immediately. And I don't, that's the thing is, I'm not giving the movie the castle bump. I'm not giving the movie the castle bump. I'm not giving this movie the castle bump. I'm not giving Incredibles 2 the lamp bump. I'm not going to do it. I think we all <laughs> need to say. sit down and have a conversation about how <laughs> we glorify Disney and Pixar. I think we need to have that conversation. Okay. I think I think you're that for the future of movies to continue on a good track, we A need to get like some trust busting legislation in on Disney. <laughs> That's probably not a bad and idea. And two, but I mean, we need to have a conversation <laughs> with the fan bases like, hey, by the way, stop blindly trusting things. Okay. What did you think of Bolt? I... Bolt is Bolt was apparently ten years ago, and I made a claim the other right. day that Wreck It Ralph was the worst Disney animation movie of the last ten years. Um and Bolt unseated that because Bolt was a crappy <laughs> Bolt was like, it's always like fun-ish to watch. Like I never watch it and I'm like, oh, that was like horrible. But I never, I'm like, wow, I want to work on like a 15 hour video to like See, describe this, this is the This is the difference between me, me and you, Isaac, is that you're like, every time I watch Bolt, I never watch it to like, you know, enjoy the really good movie. I just never watch Bolt. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I think I've seen half of Bolt. I'll be honest the, with you. Bolt Bolt had the Bolt was the most DreamWorks movie ever made by Pixar. They were like Walt no, Disney, Disney presents. Disney. I mean, yeah, Disney. Sorry, yeah, but it's right. the most DreamWorks movie ever made by Disney. It was like Walt Disney Animation features famous people, right? Josh Volta and Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, teen sensation. <laughs> she's gonna last. Long. Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna last forever. I mean, she was Hannah Montana on their network at that time. It yeah. wasn't like. They but that's that's what I'm saying is and there was there was a, a trailer a preceding this movie for like Uglyville or whatever it is the new DreamWorks or Illumination movie one of the two that's like we've got Beyonce and Pitbull in a movie. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. The only I was what I had to watch like ten trailers or something. It was a grind to just get to Ralph breaks the internet. <laughs> but the only thing that just I freaked out over was when How to Train Your Dragon 3 trailer came on. I got chills. I was so It looks hyped. really good. Oh, it looks really good. It looks God, so good. I love How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> I was actually I was actually in my Discord during the previews. Cause I was sitting in the back row in like the corner on my phone. 
<laughs> and I was sitting on Discord on the during the previews, like rating the trailers as they were coming on. I was like, and, and most of the trailers I'd seen before because I've seen like a new movie every week for the past month. Yeah. But uh, that that kid Arthur movie looks terrible. Like, terrible. Secret Life of Pets yep. 2 is probably going to be terrible. Oh, but it'll make a billion easy. Unfortunately. <laughs> Secret, Secret Life of Pets. Ty, Ty called it last week or two weeks ago whenever we saw The Grinch. Uh, Secret Life of Pets 1 was worth it just so they could get Max right in the new Grinch movie. And they did. Max was yeah, perfect Yeah, the whole the Secret Grinch. Life of Pets was no, them was trying to figure out dogs. Like, <laughs> the Illumination has dogs figured out. Dogs in animated movies. Like, they can... At least one dog per animated movie. Yeah, if, if they're all... If all the dogs in future Illumination movies are as delightful as Max was in the Grinch, the world is just a little bit better off. I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm concerned that the children in my life are going to grow up up, illumination fan because like we can't you're talking about king disney ethan you're talking about the castle effect illumination movies make more money than disney movies like they just like the minions yeah. movie and the despicable me movies and yeah, because they're, Beth, they're they're just they make absurd money yeah because they're 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 just vanilla extract in a cookie like they are they are the most basic movies you could possibly come across yep. right and and i'll say the this, minions don't Gru, even talk i know they don't oh, but Gru no. is like a compelling character <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh my god my favorite part my favorite part of wreck it ralph too you, you said this and made me think of it is baby groot oh my god oh, baby groot is so good i am groot they got a great they found a great use for baby groot <laughs> in this movie i did i really i did really like the oh my disney scene and i as soon as they zoomed in on like the oh my disney park i was like okay there goes the movie i've been enjoying this up till this point but this is where they're gonna ruin it and they didn't i know i felt like they they sat down and they saw you and i's conversation because a lot of this movie i felt like isaac was for you and the super carlin brothers and seamus where it was like we know you're making theories we know you talk about it we know that you spend days analyzing each scene and we're gonna we're just gonna shove it back in your face we're gonna draw the curtain back and it's really just a movie studio guys that's all it is <laughs> right but i felt like that scene at the same time was like how do we get ethan and ty to really buy in <laughs> It is absolutely it is absolutely what the OM Disney scene was. Was they saw my conversations where I I frequently quietly complained to Ty behind the corners about how much people love Disney. And they were right. like, we got to get guys like this on board. How do we get them? How do we figure them out? And it worked, man. Oh. Yeah. They they did it all in one. They had a lot of things that were had a lot of things that were accurate about the internet, okay? But I have one internet related complaint. Okay, Ralph was able not to a website. What Snapchat's not a website. <laughs> it's on the internet. <laughs> no, I have one complaint. Okay, Ralph was able to pick up the Pinterest pin and pin something without <laughs> logging in. Without logging in, that because is every an time. Because point. here's how it goes. Here's how it goes. Me Google searches image something. Okay, me clicks on the first link, redirects me to Pinterest. Hey, um, by the way, you have to log into Pinterest to even think about seeing this photo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I was waiting for it. Do you have a Pinterest it. account? I was waiting for it. it. was like, no, I don't have a Pinterest account. <laughs> do you, Isaac? Yeah, I think I do, but I, I don't ever go on it. Okay, okay. so nobody's ever going to buy me a wedding dress, nor is anybody <laughs> going to buy me a wedding ring, like like an engagement ring. Like, I'm not going to wear yeah, like a like Tiffany it. engagement ring. So what in God's name do I need Pinterest for when I just have Google images? You know who uses Pinterest real big? Big, big Pinterest guy? Who? Gary Vaynerchuk. He swears by Pinterest. What? He says it's... 
Yeah, he said. What does Gary V do with Pinterest? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. He, he's. I don't know what he does, but my guess is he monetize. Well, not monetizes, but he uses it for pervasive influence across all mediums. Is my best guess. But like, if you go to VaynerMedia and say, "I want bacon and eggs to be a VaynerMedia product," they will redirect us to Pinterest, and you will have to make an account to view the images. Dude, I was just picturing that he just like scroll through his board. And it's just all jet stuff. It's just like yeah. I'm just. I was just imagining. <laughs> I was imagining Gary Vaynerchuk like connected to a bunch of teenage girls like painting stuff i'm sure he is i'm sure he is and he's just sitting there like omg becky this wedding dress will look so great on you in 10 years i think what he does is he i mean he just tries to be smart about everything and what pinterest does is it says if you want to know like he does the the weekend warrior shopping thing right where he goes out to like every garage sale in town just for fun and like scans every item how much can i sell this for on ebay how much can i buy it for right now and i think he uses pinterest to give him photography ideas this is my best guess i have no idea what gary (laughs) uses pinterest for i know he's a big pinterest guy but i think what he does is he gets he uses it both to post and to push content but also to get like design ideas and stuff like that but i have no okay idea. so if you know he, what gary v uses here's, pinterest here's my for, thing here's my thing is that gary vanderchuk is definitely one of those guys that like <clears throat> knows how to use the internet better than 99 percent of people Dude, i am clueless. so like so like if he's if he says pinterest is the move how many he's subscribers probably do you have, correct Isaac? i don't think you are <laughs> I wouldn't call you clueless. Dude, I feel like, well, like every social media, I'm always confused. I don't know how to do anything. I've tried to watch 317,000 subscribers, Isaac. But that's like just post, that's just pushing stuff into the world. Just like praying something sticks. Here's, but you know how to use your tags, I would imagine, right? I mean, like I, I know about YouTube how to, as best as I can, but like, I, I don't have like, I feel like some people have like all the strategies. There's always looking at the analytics. They're like scheduling everything. And it's just like, Ooh, that's just like, it's just all nebulous to me. I'm like, I'm just trying to like make stuff. I'm just trying to make stuff. Well, I mean, me too. So, so hear me out though. Like Gary Vaynerchuk obviously knows how to use Pinterest and there's definitely something he's not getting out of Pinterest or he's getting out of Pinterest that I'm not, but like, I'm not talking about Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm talking about your average Joe Blow human being. Like, you're going to be okay without Pinterest. Yeah, you'll survive. You don't need it. Like, it's because it's trying to be a social media, but it, like, isn't. And I don't really know what it is. I can't figure it out. If I could figure it out, I think it'd be a useful tool. I don't know how to work it. My my wife pulls it up, and she's like, like, I think the pictures are attached to links. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, but she'll pull it up and be like, look at this picture. This is what I want. And I'll be like, did you click the link? Can you just buy it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean. Just get it. And there's definitely, there's so many social social medias out there that I don't get. Like I I edit my Instagram filter or pictures in in Visco, VSCO. And that's like I use, just use it for the for the photo editing part, but it's also like a social media. Dude, I know. Like and I'm like I don't know how to use Visco. So I've just started like every time I, I edit a post or picture for Instagram, I've just started like posting it on my Visco and now I just like have Visco followers and I'm like I don't know what to <laughs> do they, with you guys. <laughs> like do they comment? Do they do they leave Little likes. No, they don't, they don't, nobody likes anything. Like, nobody comments. Dude, yeah, because that was something, that's a trend I've been seeing, that on lots of girls' Instagram pages, it'll, like, s- say their snap, and then it will say their visco. And I'm like, why? I, what is this? Why don't you like your Twitter handle? What? Like, am I- Oh, because Twitter's dead. <laughs> what happened because, to Twitter? Because for Instagram I... girls, it Twitter's dead. Yeah. Twitter is alive and well. Twitter's not alive and well. No. If you want to go where the people are, you go to Instagram. You go to Instagram. Yeah. If you want to go where the creators are, you go to Twitter. Yeah. If you're a big 
Like, if you're a big celebrity or, like, big online, that's where people go to follow you. Well, Instagram, so Instagram is now what Twitter used to be. Yep. Instagram, it, it, like, Twitter used to just be, like, people saying, hey, this is the thing I do, this is my life, and now everybody's doing that on Instagram, and Twitter's become this, like, community, and become this, like, you know, people interact all the time, and, like, you can just call people on, out on Twitter and just, like, have a conversation with them. I know. We do that all the time. And it's just, like, yeah, as a creator, as a creator, it's, like, valuable because it's, you know, it's, you can have, like, a, people feel like they're looking in on a candid conversation, even though they're not, even though, like, thousands of people are viewing that conversation because, like, if you and me and John Negroni are tweeting back and forth, like, you know, people are seeing that and they feel like they're being, right. having a part of this candid conversation, they feel like we're, like, you know, they're, they're getting a look into our texts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of is, honestly. There's, there are frequent times where until, like, private information is needed, I will just have my conversations with Isaac and Seamus and John via Twitter. Oh, yeah. Like, via Twitter yeah. tweet, Seamus, not via Seamus direct message. Seamus is an expert at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. Like, he just, he just interacts. Like, so yeah, much. He, he just jumps in everywhere. And I'll tell you, Instagram, not hard to figure out. No, just use the tags. Yeah, you just use the tags, post decent content, people will follow. Uh, What was I saying, Ethan? I don't know. I had a good point to make. Oh, know. this is, if you want my hot take on social media, here's what I believe is going to happen. TikTok is going to take over. It's not. Yeah. Have you, it is. Dude, it's Vine it's not. It is. It is the, it's the new Vine. Until Vine 2 it happens. Is. Because, no. no, because I've, listen, I downloaded this godforsaken app and I hate everything about it and I cannot stop looking at it it drives no, me insane tiktok's gonna be the thing and i know until vine 2 happens i'm telling you because vine no, 2 has because the a real a real quality creator is gonna get a hold of tiktok and break through and make everything good yep. you remember no because there's too much there's too much on the line for quality creators though is that is that there's too much on the line for vine 2 for quality creators i don't know what vine 2 even it's is bite. Is it's that? coming out next yeah. year it's coming out in like the next quarter no no no, no. Yeah. i'm telling you tiktok is gonna take over no, and it's i'm not. scared for it and i don't want it to happen but if you if you if you were investing stock right now that is what i would invest in no because bite is just going to be literally fine too it's going to be six second videos it's going to work the same as vine and it's just going to be back and then like the familiar faces are going to come back enough for it to take off and then tiktok will be dead because tiktok doesn't work right they're not advertising well that's the thing is that it's working because people people get that dopamine hit from the cringe content you're the only person i know that watches tiktok videos see you're I, the only human being i know i got you're the only person saying anything about it because of pewdiepie because PewDiePie was constantly reviewing TikTok, like memes and stuff like that. So then I looked into it and I started scrolling through and noticed that there was like people with like millions of followers on TikTok. Yeah. It's like tons of kids. Like people are always like, the next generation is coming for you. And it's like, yeah. And they're all on TikTok. They're just like cranking out That's stuff. exactly okay, where they but, are. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not worried about what the 10 year olds are doing, to tell you the truth. Like, I'm just not. I'm just not interested. Because the 10 year olds don't know what the 10 year olds are doing. They're out here eating, but what, they're out here eating Tide Pods but what happens? for five seconds. <laughs> They're living in a meme. Like, that's the thing. It's, it's never, it's going to burn itself out within the next 12 months. I hope it does. I think it's terrible. No, not, I think the content is bad. Not just TikTok. I think the format is bad. Not just TikTok. TikTok's going to burn itself out, but like the whole like Gen Z meme culture existence is going to burn itself out in the next 12 months. And you're going to start I mean, going back to quality content creation like there was with Vine. You think Vine was quality? I think Vine was a lot more quality than TikTok. I think people put a lot of effort into Vine videos and a lot of time it showed. And yes, there were still viral Vine videos and viral content is always is gonna be candid content to some extent. And there were there were viral vines, like the, the free Shavakadu thing. That was just some dude was that was reading a Del Taco sign. <laughs> Come down to Del Taco, they got a free Shavakadu. And there's never gonna be a substitute for that. Like you can't engineer that. Right, yeah, there's no, you can't force it. Cause that could have easily gotten six people looking at it on Vine and being like, next. <laughs> right, 
thumbs down. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know about social media. I don't think Twitter's going anywhere. I don't think Instagram's going anywhere. No, not yet. The next thing to die is Snapchat. That's what I was thinking. I hope not. I hate Snapchat. Snapchat tried to go above board and be like not a, a point-to-point communication. It tried to be like a social media as opposed to a social network, and it didn't work. Because Instagram was like, we've got stories, and they're better, and you just have followers. It's 10 times easier to follow somebody on Instagram than it is on Snapchat. I just saw that, or just heard that, like, Facebook bought Snapchat or something, so... That was a long time ago. Oh, really? No, Facebook bought Instagram a long time ago. Facebook bought Snapchat, like, year one of Snapchat. Oh. I thought they made, like, a billion dollar offer, and Snapchat said no. Did they? Was that it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know, face, I know Facebook bossed Instagram really early because you used to be able to post um, from Instagram directly to Twitter, like the pictures, and now you, and now you can't. You haven't been able to for a long time, mm-hmm. which is dumb. Big dumb. It's, it is the big dumb. But I will also say Twitter pictures don't mean nearly as much as they used to. I didn't hear that. <coughs> I, I said I'll also say that Twitter pictures don't mean nearly as much as they used to. I don't ever click an Instagram link from Twitter. If somebody like no, auto posts I- their Instagram link, I'm like... I, I unfollow them. I'm like, you should know better. <laughs> I was going to say, scrolling through my feed, I don't see any pictures, but literally literally every single tweet, every single tweet on my feed, probably 20 tweets down, has an image. And then I've got three that well, don't. Twitter, and then a Twitter, bunch has, that Twitter has the image memes. Right. Yeah. Like, Twitter has GIFs. Twitter has, because, you know, if you post memes to Instagram and you're like a human and not like a meme account, I'm unfollowing you. Like if you're like, a, if you, Tyler Carlin, were like, I'm going to start posting memes to my Instagram, I would text you within 30 minutes and be like, bad looks. <laughs> I post them on our, this post, ain't it I chief. Yeah, but it's a, that's a brand. That's not a person. I look at, I, I look at you, Tyler Carlin's Instagram, because I want to know what you are doing. I don't want to know what meme you think is funny. That's what Twitter's <laughs> for. That's where you post your memes. <laughs> And Twitter, Twitter pictures generate like Twitter pictures generate creativity. The, the ability to do the retweet quote thing was Twitter's best invention ever. I agree. Yeah, because it yeah, allows you to just keep like... layering funny stuff on top of other funny stuff, and it makes it look like it was all you. Yeah, <laughs> some of my best tweets have been quote retweets where I was like, I've got a funny thing to say toward whatever this person already said. Anyway, anyway Wreck-It follow Ralph too. Isaac. Follow follow Isaac on all social media. Yeah. Do you, are you videos. are you watching videos on everything? Yeah. Perfect. You Unlike Seamus. So yeah, he's so much easier than Seamus. <laughs> yeah, luckily my thing's weird enough. I was able to do that. Do it and scarf them off. <laughs> you would think that Seamus Gorman <laughs> wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. But he couldn't get any of them. There was some dude that, like, took every social media handle. I know, and then he places the four every in weird places. Well, it's Seamus Gorman 4 on Instagram, and then he's Gorman Seamus on Twitter. <laughs> and his YouTube URL's terrible. What is yeah. Oh, it's like 68Q3XY. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hey, God, I didn't even know it. So, Watso, to get to you, you go to youtube.com slash videos, right? Yep. So, to get to Seamus, you gotta search youtube.com slash channel slash capital UC lowercase js 38 capital LPAWF lowercase F O 7 lowercase P capital M 5 lowercase R capital Y 834 capital M lowercase W. In case you didn't hear that, that was youtube.com slash channel slash ucjs38 l-p-a-w-f-o-p-m-7-m-5-r-y-8-3-4-m-w. Nappy Boy Radio Live. I remember Nappy Boy Radio. That's Seamus Gorman. You remember Napster? I do remember Napster. All right, that's all. I remember Napster when it was 99 cents a song, and I had like 300 songs, and then one day I just did <laughs> you know what? You know what? Wreck-It Ralph two remembered GeoCities. Yes, there was a bunch. Oh my god, the Easter eggs in this movie were insane. When he's in the, he's looking for the, looking for the metal thing, and he pulls like a GeoCities girder off of it. <laughs> Wait, what? 
What's a GeoCities? But GeoCities was like the Google build your own website thing from like 2002. Oh, okay. That explains that. I'm like, I don't think... Uh... Yeah, I was, I don't know how much internet usage I was using back in 2002. No, it's like back, it, it was almost like a, I don't even know how to describe it. it was, yeah, you could make your own website, sort of, make your own, like, page. Yeah. And, like, I still, you still get, you would get redirected to them sometimes for, like, you know, you search something and try to find help in, like, a, like a forum. And then it'll be like, yo, go to my GeoCities. <laughs> oh, my God, they're so bad. I'm going to share this article with you. I just found a bunch of them. <laughs> oh, it was Yahoo. It was Yahoo, not Google. Oh. I don't know why Yahoo still exists, to tell you the truth fantasy sports and they're good at it oh no they're not yeah, that's the thing i always hear i'm using i pr still prefer espn i think google chrome on my computer is broken i'm gonna troubleshoot with you guys i went home on google chrome just now and it took me to bing.com <laughs> ouch did your computer catch on fire <laughs> I, I just don't know what's wrong. Did you download something sketchy and choose the wrong setting? No, I don't download anything. I don't believe in, in downloading things. I think it's dangerous. <laughs> you sound like, that sounds like a problem Aziz Ansari had in Parks and Rec when he was like, people around here ask Jeeves to take him to Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. On startup, what? open a new tab. Why does everyone in this town still use Alta Vista? Make default browser. Here we go. No, no, not default browser. I want default search engine. Manage search engine. Anyway, so GeoCities was the thing that yeah. Wreck-It Ralph 2 chose to to poke fun at. It was the it same scene of a bunch of things. where he had, there was like a like a dial-up modem sign behind him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got a question for you guys. So this okay. is something okay. I was confused about. So there was characters like the pop-up guy and like Double Dan. And I was wondering, are those people users? Because did Double Dan, is like that a program that makes viral? Viruses, or is that a user who's like disguised in the dark web or something? Because I couldn't tell because the users were very defined, but those individuals seemed like they were shaping the, their, the web, like the internet. And like that pop-up said he was the owner of the website. So I just didn't understand. That's a good question. I think the pop-up, my understanding of how programs like that work is that it is a program that you develop, you know, you the user develop a website that, or not a website, but a program that you then you know, sell on like Google AdWords or whatever, Google AdSense or whatever. You know, the ads by Google at the top of shady websites. Yep. You develop a program that people then click on and it's like basically your little web page where you make an account or whatever and then you log in and hunt for loot in World of Warcraft and yeah. sell it. And that is my understanding is that it is a program that somebody made that is like a bot that's designed to run on its own. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. Yeah, because it's not... He did, it's not the website that he owns. It's just the website that he's tied to. Yeah, sense. right. Yeah, somebody owns that website, but they have domain. the bot that runs it. Like, it's a, it's a domain that doesn't have to... They don't have to do any work. Like... Mm -hmm. People go in, they put their order in, and then the order is fulfilled by the bot. Yeah. Right. Well, the order the order is given to other humans that are fulfilled by the bot. Because that loot uh, what that loot thing is a real thing. Yeah, people do that. Like I've, uh, Ethan's bought loot. <laughs> I bought yeah, I bought gold in World of, World of Warcraft one time. Some dude like came up to me in game and was like, "Here's forty million gold or whatever." And I was like, "That was dope." <laughs> that was awesome. That's everything I ever. It took wanted. like twenty four <laughs> hours. I was like, "Oh god, I lost my money." <laughs> Um, what else would I say? I, I speaking of that, not knows more. Double Dan, who's Double Dan? Double Dan was the virus guy, right? Yeah, the blob with the second head who Gord's Gord's uncle or whatever. Yeah, I think Gord was okay. one of my favorite characters. Gord is one of my favorite characters. Double Dan made me want to throw up in my popcorn. Yes, because Gord had the sweater. The sweater <laughs> yeah. was everything for Gord. 
Yeah, because when he would reach out and his arm would just keep going. Because <laughs> it, like, it made him adorable because he was just a goofy ball with like eyes that didn't point straight who would just show up like, <laughs> Guard! And Gord's there. I loved Gal Gadot's friends' names. There's Felony and Pyro and Butcher Boy. <laughs> I loved Nosemore. Alan Tudyk did... As he always does, a wonderful job yeah. as the voice actor for Nosemore. Yeah, I agree. I also so here's a character I don't love, and this is both film. Jane Lynch has Calhoun. All I see, all I hear is Jane Lynch. Yeah, I don't really like Jane Lynch either, like in anything. I I love Jane Lynch in Glee. Yeah, she was, I was amazing. Say, she is Sue Sylvester. So when she's like picking right. up a gun and stuff, I just picture her like screaming at the cheerleaders. Right. I don't picture her as young as Calhoun. I think is supposed. See, to I have be. the same problem with the guy that did Felix. Oh. He's like, he's what I can name? only see him from 30 Rock. Right. Who yeah. voices Felix? Jack McBrayer. Jack McBrayer. Yeah. Like, but he was he was I like can only see him cute. as Kenny from from uh from 30 Rock and the weird guy from Talladega Nights. Mm. Oh yeah. But like but that almost worked where it was like Felix is this unbelievably innocent character who you know he just he just fixes things that's just what he does and that worked for me but i felt like jane lynch as calhoun did not work it did not land at all because i always pictured calhoun has kind of like a white hair but it's like a it's like a young woman's white hair but to me i was just picturing jane lynch and i was like you are so much older than fix it felix like this isn't a smart match at all i know that she was supposed to be like sexy but i didn't i didn't get that yeah i felt like it worked for me fine in the first one but just in the second one there wasn't enough for them to do to like really Really sell me on it again that they were like full-fledged right. together or anything like that well they were raising the 15 racers yeah. which i thought was fun that was funny the the, the heathen kids from sugar rush <laughs> yeah. who were like on a sugar rush right <laughs> like the devil yeah yeah who does uh freaking surge surge oh the surge protected yeah. i don't know because uh what's his name uh the pop-up guy was bill Hader, right he's just not credited I was hearing about that. Why would Bill Hader go uncredited? I don't know, but that's what I've heard. I don't have an answer for that. It's Phil Johnston. Phil Johnston. Who the heck is he? He appears he to be is, the writer. Uh, yeah, he's written some okay films. He wrote Zootopia. Hey, he also wrote Wreck-It Ralph and Zootopia, which are excellent. But he's also written some okay best films. <laughs> See, I think that's... I feel like we should talk about like the ending of Wreck-It Ralph now. Because I feel like that's kind of where it gets really weird and goofy. And makes me feel like there's better alternatives for certain aspects of Wrecker Ralph 2 like like if you're looking for like a character story with two characters that become really good friends I feel like a better version of that is like Zootopia and so I feel like Wrecker Ralph or Ralph Breaks the Internet sometimes struggles to like stand out on its own and it kind of falls apart for me at the end I would agree with that yeah I think the first like hour and 15 minutes were really good and the last kind of 35 minutes as soon as the virus gets out of the game I was like okay I'm over this yeah that was when the movie really fell apart for me as well I was like, what's with the King Kong imagery? Have we been building this to this the whole time? Or is it just like... Yeah. I guess that's the Yo, thing. Is that, hold that, up. That he's, that hold he's DK? Up. Michael Giacchino voiced a stormtrooper. <laughs> yes. In this movie. Like, the composer. Awesome. Oh, in this movie? In this movie, yes. Oh, I knew Alan Menken did the, the original song for Sarah Silverman. What'd you think of that? I thought it was dumb as can be. I... It was probably my favorite Vanellope part. Really? Yeah, I really hate Vanellope. <laughs> 
I cannot I, love I cannot express express to you how much Sarah Silverman's voice acting takes me out of this movie and the last one. I just can't like there's no words for it. I felt like Interesting. the parody just like it pushed it a little far for like it just I agree. I felt like it kind of took me out of the experience. I enjoyed the song and like for what it was like I can appreciate like Alan Menken coming to make that song but it kind of took me out of it and I just but that's the thing is though she found her dream like that was the one time I bought the character where she was like I found the thing I really wanted to do so I found the song yeah that's so weird that you think that because I was not sold on slaughter race like when she went back to that I was like oh we're we're back to this I was absolutely yeah, sold on Slaughter Race. That was the whole stop. thing. If she didn't want it, she didn't want just the same track every day. Right. So she wanted Grand Theft Auto. But that was the thing, though. That that was what she had to learn. That was what her and Ralph had to learn. Is that a, it's okay for them to be apart. They can still be friends. I think that is an important message. Is that, like you don't have to live next door to each other to still be friends. The relations, those relationships are still valuable. Like, the relationship I have with people on the internet is still valuable. That is an important point in this movie, as well as the fact that like her and Ralph don't have to have the same goals. Like Ralph wants every day of his life to be the same and that's fine and Vanellope wants every day of his life to be different her life to be different and that's fine that was the thing is like it has to you have to have that contrast you have to be okay with that contrast that's the point the movie was trying to ram home at least that was what I got out of it I thought the song and the the return to Slaughter Race did a very good job of that I think I was I like fully understood like that's what they were going for but I felt like it wasn't fully executed well because I didn't feel like there was enough of a reason for Vanellope to ditch her own game especially with all the turbo stuff we were discussing previously like it felt like why is she just abandoning all of the other racers even though she just throws away a line that says like oh there's other racers they won't care even though ralph said at the six years prior that all the gamers love her they all love her glitch and it's like you don't think anyone's going to take notice to that and it seems like they didn't but it's i just wasn't sold that like that was the thing she should go off and do independently from ralph okay see i i, I totally get that i 100 get where you're coming from because you guys really bought into the first movie yeah and i think that's where your your disconnect is coming from is like i didn't really care about the first movie all that much i enjoyed it but i haven't seen it in six years yeah. and so like i didn't really remember what happened all that much and i didn't feel like i missed anything from this movie i didn't feel like that i was that her character was being betrayed because I think what this movie's trying to do, as opposed to some of the more recent Pixar and Disney sequels, is I think it's trying less to come back to the original movie. Yeah. Here's, so I don't here's think sort you, of the I don't issue. think you can have it both ways. Like, you can either have The Incredibles 2, where it starts eight seconds later, even though it's been 14 years, or you can have a movie that crosses six years. Well, okay. But here's the thing is... Incredibles 2 happened eight seconds later, but it also undid its entire story in the first two minutes, where as soon as they fight the Underminer, they're being arrested for being heroes again. Yeah, and I think that's a problem. I have many, I agree. many issues. But Finding Dory did, Finding Dory did the same thing, though. Oh, but in those six years, in those six years that Vanellope was in Sugar Rush, this is important, Vanellope is Princess Vanellope. Her picture is on the side of Sugar Rush. Yeah, she's the center she square. She is the center square. She's the most important character. Yeah. And... The reason that she wasn't like as soon as Turbo, as soon as Sugar Rush arrived in the arcade, Turgo Turbo took Vanellope out of it. So the kids that played didn't know Vanellope was even a playable character. Okay, but then once she was back, she became the crowd favorite. Like people would come to that arcade to play as Vanellope in Sugar Rush because she had the best superpower. Like all the racers had their own superpowers. So like Candlehead can light the cherry bombs. 
and Vanellope can glitch so she can like jump through things. And that is important. Like the fact that she's a part of that game, she is the game. There is no sugar rush without Vanellope. Like there's no rec- there's no fix at Felix without Ralph. There's no sugar rush without Vanellope. And I think yeah. you just, okay, so you figured out my next point though. There's no sugar rush without Vanellope. Are you guys not seeing the obvious second sequel here? That Vanellope's still there? That she's just code? Oh, that she can't leave both? the game. The game will re, like, like if it resets, if, it would if the game one. resets, if there's like a power surge or whatever, the game resets, but another Vanellope comes back. But van- the game, but this is. <laughs> Like ever from Wreck-It Ralph, as long well, this, as the lore continues. But this movie is telling you that game, what happened in Wreck-It Ralph 1 doesn't matter. Right, but if the lore is to continue, then, then the game can't reset unless Vanellope crosses the finish line. That's how the game resets, is that the main character crosses the finish line. I'm just telling you, I can definitely see this being a thing where like Vanellope gets bored of Slaughter Race, wants to come home, and she's been replaced. Be a lot of Sarah Silverman, can you handle it? <laughs> I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I want it, but like that was what that was like an obvious thing. <laughs> Not an obvious, but that was something I definitely thought about. Was like if the game reboots with the code in it, like Slaughter Race does, it's just she's just gonna come back. Like Litwack's gonna close the store or something because he's like old, and somebody's gonna reopen the store. I think yeah, I think there's definitely a story to be told about Litwack moving forward and what happens. Because this is sort of the direction I expected this movie to go was that they were gonna get the internet and the arcade was gonna die. Like people didn't want to play arcade games anymore, and it, like and I think they are. I think yeah, I think that's definitely the next direction that we're gonna go with it because before there can be an arcade renaissance, there has to be an arcade death. Right, yeah, arcade has to die, to die before it can be reborn. Right. And that's what you're seeing right now. I know, is that we're we're going, well, I think we're going towards reborn. That's what I'm saying, oh. yeah. Is that like there are arcades coming back. With, did you know that there's a VR arcade in our mall? Yeah. They moved locations, but that place is always busy. Yeah, they opened up like a proper arcade at the mall in Newport News. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it and you go cool. to like, you go to like a beach town. This is where it's starting. It, it, it's the same deal as like, it, it, it always came up in like Seattle and the Pacific Northwest was where they like, Silicon Valley, all that stuff was where they, they would pilot the new arcade games in the States. You know, you hear about that in, in, um, Ready Player One and in Armada, uh, but it is true. But you look at go to beach towns. Beach towns still have and are like getting arcades back. Like you go to Ocean City, the whole boardwalk. Even I went to Ocean City, like Maryland. I went to Ocean City, Maryland last October, like half way after the season and ended. Like it was cold, it was rainy, and this the whole boardwalk is closed up except for like thirteen arcades. And there are like people there in the middle of October, in the middle of the day, just like playing box cabinet video games, playing Dig Dug. And there's there's variety in these arcades, like the one we have in Rona is a VR arcade like you can go in and pay well, I don't know whatever it costs to you know do the VR games but there also is cabinet yeah. games there's you know you can do Space Invaders or Pac-Man well, we, or Gal- we went to Gal- that we went to the barcade in Richmond those are coming up too that was the coolest place on yeah, earth yeah the circuit it's like it's just old cabinet games and not even old cabinet games they're still making cabinet games it's mostly Hero Japan and... that's making cabinet games now but yeah. I think Isaac how old are you? I'm 20 okay were you around for the Guitar Hero craze? oh yeah I was playing that all through elementary school. On the, I love guitar. I'm el- elementary school on the Wii. I'm old. Yeah, I was okay. gonna say we were like the top. <laughs> we were like the top end of the Guitar Hero thing. Yeah. We. I. W- I was. I was extremely good at Guitar Hero. I. We had a group of friends that was very good at it, and I was not the best, but I was uh, I was better than anybody that wasn't in our group of friends that I played, like, by a mile. Yeah. Ethan can vouch oh, for Oh, yeah, yeah, we had a ridiculous group of, of Guitar Hero players that we hung out with and just played Guitar Hero. Right. Like, uh, do you remember the five gold stars you could get if you, like, perfected a song? Yeah. We had, like, that on every single song. On what difficulty? Like, on every difficult. On Expert. On Expert. Oh! 
Holy shit. Like, we, I remember we were sitting at Mike's house one day, and Devin was just like, Mike, you don't have the gold stars? And he literally just played, like, the first 15 songs, one try, gold stars. Oh, yeah, I, I remember I got Guitar Hero 3 for the Xbox, and I went over to Tyler's house, and it took, like, like seven songs before either of us missed a note, and yeah. then, like, th toward the last set before we failed a song. Yeah. That we'd never played before. So we, we, were, we were very good at Guitar Hero. It was wild. We went to a we went to a barcade, and I was like, this is it, guys. This is what I trained my whole life for. And there was Guitar Hero. I put it on hard. Let me tell you what's very hard after drinking alcohol. Is no, it's just, Hero. you just lost the, you've lost the knack for it. I probably go back and play it like Stone Cold Sober. You're not good anymore. <laughs> I did this recently. I had this experience where I was like, oh my God, I can't play Guitar Hero anymore. Somebody like handed me a controller that at a party and I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. Put on expert. No, I got this. no, 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 Wrong. it's not happening. I could, I, I used to be able to play Sweet Child of Mine from Guitar Hero 2 with my eyes shut. Like the whole song. I can even like, I can remember at least the intro. And then, the same with My Name is Jonas. I could do that whole And one. then Rock Band came out and had the drums and it was Awful. It was awful. The, the guitar was. Yeah. Nobody could play the drums. Oh, I just I, I threw the Strat controller for for Rock Band away and just plugged in a regular <laughs> Guitar Hero controller. Because <laughs> I I played Guitar Hero. I think I was in I was towards the end of the Guitar Hero age. Like I was playing like World Tour and like Guitar Hero Metallica and like those later. Oh games. my gosh! So yeah, were, yeah. Because I was post Rock Band was when I was playing. No, Rock Band was the last one we ever got into. Rock Band killed it for us. Yeah, I remember Chris could sing Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, yeah. Chris was never very good. Rock Band was his niche. Yeah. Well, no, he was. He, wasn't he good at Halo too? Yeah, but. I mean, as far as the like music games go, Chris is good at Halo. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Isaac, tell us about your experience with with Guitar Hero. So I remember getting like a package for Christmas, and it was like Guitar Hero World Tour, and it was you got two guitars with it. So we would be plugging in the the Wii controllers and everything, and so we'd always do like battles against each other, so we could like train and stuff, because then you could just play the whole song through yes. without like risk of losing. So I I was always doing that. I was a big fan. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, the original. Guitar Hero and Guitar Hero 2 had Gibson SG controllers for the PlayStation and and then PlayStation for the 2. PlayStation 2 yeah and then I remember the first person that got the Xbox 360 version that had of Guitar Hero 2 that had the Gibson Explorer. And it was like, oh, awesome. man. Because Guitar Hero 2 on the Xbox 360, you could download, like, song packs. Yeah. You could, like, yeah. download new songs. There was, like, DLC coming out. It wasn't just, like, I trying had to a... perfect Jordan by Buckethead. Oh God, that was, was a, that, that was, was literally impossible. I mean, you could beat it, but it was like there was no shame if you didn't. Yeah, no, not on expert. It was literally like like Devin beat through the fire and the flames on expert. He like perfected it. He never even beat Jordan. Yeah. Did he get a hundred percent on it on through the fire and the flames? No, yeah. no I don't think he perfected no. that one. But he like he could play it like yeah. like he, he would through. he would he would get through it every time. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> 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 Dragon Force, man, that band. There was a while where we were in middle school where Dragon Force was it. Ethan, I remember buying this guitar. You could buy the aftermarket guitars that were like different brand. And they were, I remember like asking for this guitar for Christmas over and over and over again. And finally I got it, which of course I'm sure it was all the same year. And it was awful. Take a look at this. Do I remember, remember you this? having that. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't work. It was like, un. it was like unplayable. Like the whammy bar didn't work. And the... Oh. The, the thing about the Guitar Hero controller was that the buttons clicked and the strum clicked. 
Like you could hear the click and that mattered. That was what you were playing. That was the problem with Rock rhythm. Band is you had that flappy bar that didn't click on the and strap. That, the, the whole game, the whole game was rhythm. I remember sitting in Mike's room the first night we ever played Rock or Guitar Hero and I would play I Want to Be Sedated over and over and over again until I could beat it on hard mode. This was the day we, like the day it all started. Yeah, it was like the third song. And, and, and it was the third song. And I remember not knowing what that song sounded like at all. Like I, if you had played that song after I played it probably 15 times in a row, I would have been like oh this is an interesting song i never heard this before like it had nothing to do with the music we would play it on mute yeah like, you could play it on mute it had it was no problem it was all about like just getting the rhythm to it right getting the rhythm and getting you the never listen to what you're playing it. you were listening to the drums yeah there's a little guitar hero tips God, I'm for playing guitar so long. All out there. <laughs> i remember the big thing for me was i just remember like the moment when you started pressing the orange key and you're like holy now I'm now I'm playing like a real guitar. <laughs> now I'm playing yeah. guitar. Yeah, you're like yeah, you're halfway. I'm through, moving my pinky. You're halfway through hard mode. Like you're getting it. You are yep. getting it, brother. <laughs> yeah, you're moving your pinky, and that's crazy. And I remember like you tell people just put it on medium. It only uses the first four keys. <laughs> Oh man, I love Guitar Hero. So you guys haven't given a whole lot of like hard opinions on this movie during this episode. Did you guys, because I, I, I feel like I've said a lot about how I felt about this movie. Did you guys like this movie? Did you not like this movie? Like how much did you enjoy watching it? I genuinely loved this movie. I left the theater and I was like, Emily, that was, I saw it my wife. I was like, Emily, that was an awesome movie. I'm, I'm like so ecstatic that we saw it. And she was like, meh, it was all right. And I was like, what? Did we see the same movie? <laughs> So, so I, I I don't, maybe it. maybe there's some bias that I don't know about, but I think I think I'm a pretty level-headed human. I thought this was a wonderful film. I was I really overjoyed with my experience, and maybe it's because I recently saw a movie that I was really excited about that really sucked, but <laughs> and and took something that I loved and cared about and made it worse. And I felt like this developed characters that I was interested in in a good way. Um, and that is my overall that I really liked. I think I enjoyed where they took the characters as well. I enjoyed. Where where the story went i thought it was a logical next step and i think it executed on it better than a lot of previous uh like pixar sequels like i think it accomplished creating a more compelling story and character development more than the incredibles 2 did I, yes like preach i i think the incredibles 2 completely it frustrates me because i don't think that it developed the characters or developed the world in any like meaningful way whereas ralph breaks the internet i feel like it did push the world in a new direction and had great morals but i feel like it just didn't execute it as well as it could have at the end with a ludicrous virus that was occurring i enjoyed what it symbolized by just don't think they did it in the best way and i thought it was too blatant of going about it but overall i had a fun time watching it but i didn't think it was perfect but it still beats <laughs> previous sequels i think it's one of the better sequels that have come out from disney and pixar oh that is a good point well if you well. include pixar as... in there yeah but i mean then where do you stop where's the line i, don't know. I mean it's better than it's better than attack of the clones and it's better than right but i mean it gets, as soon as you start bringing in, like like you can put this in a, in a reasonable comparison when you talk about other disney animation movies when you start putting in other disney properties like this doesn't even come close for me well i just meant like animation like animation that's produced under the disney banner because lots of people like i don't know i've always just seen lots of people like hyped for everything pixar pixar is the golden standard screw disney but i'm like no like <laughs> disney comes with great stuff don't discredit it pixar has good stuff but pixar has some bombs too <laughs> oh you can't say that does it? you're not allowed to say that yeah, it does it's... does it have some bo i mean it's got cars too i mean it, do like... it does like it has some some 
eh movies for yeah. sure for sure I and that is good the thing dinosaur. that people good dinosaur was all right ratatouille was all right cars 2 was pretty bad oh, cars I 1 be careful what you cars say about 1 ratatouille. was all right ratatouille I, I will take finding dory over ratatouille every day oh. every day oh brutal. every day i'll take ratatouille oh, over hurts I'll take Ratatouille over Incredibles 2. I will take Ratatouille over Monsters University. But I will take Finding Dory over Ratatouille. See, I think, I think I'm just one who is defensive of Disney feature animation. Just because there's so many people online who just love Pixar. Like, Pixar is, is the dream. And I'm like, no, Disney's doing great stuff. They've been they, doing great they stuff are. for years. They definitely, make, they definitely make great movies. And, yeah. But, like, Pixar has movies that are just that step above. Like, I'll be really honest, and I'm not I'm not by any means, like, a Pixar stan. Like, Pixar has movies that are that step above. Like, we just reviewed all the Toy Story movies with Seamus. Those movies are better than anything Disney's put out in the last 25 years. Since Pixar started, those movies are better than anything Disney Animation's put out. I can I can see Lion King turning in your head like was that twenty five years? But all three Toy Story movies are better than the Lion King to me to me. Yeah. Um, I I can see the argument for Lion King. I mean, Hamlet's a good play. Right? I can see the like, I can there's a couple there's a couple Disney there at the end of the Disney Renaissance. I can see the argument for um pretty much anything after the Disney Renaissance that not really. I think the Emperor's New Groove is the last one that comes close for me. Maybe Atlantis. I really loved Atlantis. Frozen, Ethan. Frozen. Frozen yeah, is Frozen, Frozen comes Frozen. nowhere close to. Toy Toy Story. Frozen. Nowhere close. It does I don't think it's Toy Story. I think uh yeah, I mean it's not just the Toy Story movies though. Like I will say what Pixar's yeah. got going for it is it it is Toy Story, Toy Story one, two, three, but it's also Wall. It's also up it's also you might not like this ethan but it's also ratatouille you know it's yeah. like there are some extremely i would i think frozen i think tangled i think big hero 6 and i think the first wreck it ralph film and there's some other disney animation properties from the disney revival that you can throw in the conversation for not just good animation but good okay if artistic you're, if you're gonna, if cinema you're gonna gun to my head <laughs> what i would rather watch there are 13 pixar movies i would take over frozen 13 that's fair enough pixar I, movies i would take I over like frozen there are i would take moana over frozen i would take big hero six over frozen i would take tangled over frozen that's probably about it See, on that i just side. think like the first like few pixar films like going up through up through all of those films are solid then they started and that was a point in disney feature animation history when they were on the decline that like pretty much lilo and stitch was the thing that was like standing alone in 2002 that lilo and stitch was okay yeah lilo and stitch oh. was okay at best oh lilo and stitch is awesome <laughs> and then it was it was bad for a while like treasure planet not that great brother bear okay home on the range stop god Yes, stop. People, people like, love Meet the Robinsons. I don't get it. Don't get Meet it. Meet the Robinsons is weird. I don't Bolt. get it. Bolt. Aren't you in Meet the Robinsons? Princess classic? and the Frog was uh -oh. solid. Princess and <laughs> the Frog was a solid movie. Yes. Princess and the Frog was solid, So man. was Tangled. Tangles were really good. Yeah. And I'm not by any means saying that Wreck-It Ralph or Ralph Race the Internet are bad movie. I'm just saying that I think I think that Pixar probably deserves some of the credit it gets over the Disney movies. Over the Disney animation. Here's movies. my question, Ethan. So let's take let's take Disney animation. Let's take Pixar out of the conversation. Okay. Yeah. okay? I want to talk animation with you. There's there's two movies you have to beat in my mind to be next level animation. Like, and I think you're gonna say it beats one of them. Are you talking about are you talking about movies or like animation quality? And animation films. Okay. You have to beat Shrek and you have to beat Despicable me yeah this beats despicable me but does not beat shrek it, but does not beat shrek yeah shrek is shrek is like what? yeah shrek is a god tier movie there's a few of those okay okay so shrek so we move past shrek is like we move past we move past despicable me i would say shrek is four points higher than despicable me yeah Can we all agree? But like shrek is for us what frozen is for like kids that are 
10 right now. Let me ask you this question, Ethan. Isaac, I think I know your answer. This doesn't beat Shrek, doesn't beat How to Train Your Dragon. No, no. It beats the sequel. It does not beat the first one. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon is delightful. Yeah, I would say it beats both. Or Ralph Breaks the Internet loses to both How to Train Your Dragon films. I feel like How to Train Your Dragon is like the hidden gem of DreamWorks. It's the... Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon and and Shrek are the two properties that I think DreamWorks animation should be proud of. Like, in the last couple decades. I agree. I think they've had a lot of garbage and a lot of stuff they've tried to out Disney Disney and just failed. Because like where, tried- where where Disney carves with a scalpel, DreamWorks tries to like, you know, pull out with a bulldozer. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> they're just like, we're going to put famous people in movies and you're going to like it. Pitbull. Damn it. Like- and, and Disney's <laughs> so- like, hey, we wrote a good movie and then found actors that made sense for the parts. Yeah. Imagine that. The, we didn't we didn't write the parts around the actors. DreamWorks has made a few artistic like films and franchises. Shrek, the first two, especially. Three. I love the third one, but Shrek 2, Shrek 2 is is amazing. Yeah, Shrek 2 is like one of the greatest sequels of all time. And then How to Train Your Dragon. But otherwise, a lot of the other stuff they were doing seems like it was all based off of trying to go the Illumination route, and they were failing at it. And then Illumination comes out and crushes what DreamWorks has been trying to do. Which is right. Illumination, Illumination got really lucky DreamWorks. with the Minion thing. <laughs> yeah. No, Illumination, no, the Minion thing was no surprise they got, to me. They got really like, they found the key that just, no, they found the niche that nobody was picking up. The people were acknowledging was there and just like weren't doing it and they were like we're gonna go full in on minions and it worked i I hate it yeah i hate it it so much but it worked when they made despicable me i was like before the movie even came out i was like i'm in on minions i hate the minions i hate them now i i I literally cannot stand them but like despicable me also was a genuinely good movie yeah the first one yeah i mean grew is a compelling character but the minions are that bad i feel like they've only gotten that bad like through two sequels and their own individual movie but i feel like in the first one they were just fun comic relief my thing is i think disney continues to make movies that can still be enjoyable for adults that aren't like for a company unaccompanied adults for people that just want to go watch a movie. I could not go watch a, a, a Minions movie or a Despicable Me sequel in the theaters right now and, like, enjoy it. There's oh, no agree. chance. That Those are movies for children. Like, you make the... Everybody right. makes the argument uh, for, for Pixar and for Disney. There's, like, they're not just movies made for children. The Minions movies are movies made to mollify children. That is right. it. Like, there's nothing beyond that. Are we ready to get into some final I thoughts? I think we are. Okay. We've we've so, said this has been an excellent episode, guys. We've said a lot. I've really we've said this. a lot about the movies, but we've also had some tangent conversations. We've had a lot of fun, but we also said I've a lot a about the movie. Done some belly laughing. I've this has been good. Um, I want to talk about breakfast. This movie and breakfast. Um, okay. Let's talk about it. I have no idea. I, yeah, I don't. I don't have a clue. Is there like um, an obvious reference I'm missing? Like, is there some joke we can make? There's a preview with a stack of flapjacks. There's a, a mid credit scene with the flapjacks. Yeah. Oh, is that a mid credit yeah. scene? Do you just not stay for yeah. the credits anymore? No, no, I didn't. No. Yeah, it got put at like partway through. The yeah, it was a mid. It was a mid credit scene and then an end credit scene. I would say. See, I love. I love pancakes. So I don't know if I put it at pancake. My initial thought God. was that it's like fruit. Like fruit is an acceptable breakfast. It's a healthy breakfast. But is it the most savory? Is it the most enjoyable breakfast food you could have? I would say no. And if you have a little bit of sprinkled like cantaloupe in there. It's like not the greatest. Hold on. And if that's at the bottom. Is, yeah. So is there a breakfast food that does not necessarily get better, but remains good and possibly develops a different taste as a leftover? 
you could do something that like a lot of them don't do well like pancakes don't last biscuits and gravy doesn't last they probably don't have that where you're from isaac um, but you know how you like you do. you eat cold pizza and it's like a whole different experience and it's not necessarily as good as hot pizza but it's Wait still enjoyable minute. you know what i'm saying what? I don't necessarily yeah. say it's no. cold pizza, but like, is there a breakfast food like that? So I think even what what you're saying is the movie's cold pizza. Is it cold pizza for breakfast? That's I, such a that's such a me thing to do. I think it's an acceptable thing. I eat cold pizza for breakfast, like willingly. Like I, w I would I would get leftover pizza and just like plan on eating it for breakfast. Same. I do buffalo wild wings <laughs> for breakfast too. Oh, I've done that too. God, it's so good. Do you do you heat them up or do you just eat them cold? Leave them cold. I've definitely done that. Yeah. There's something to be said for like a like a slightly congealed cold wing. Yeah, sauce. Is not I, only a only a bon boneless wing though. I'm not gonna do a boneless. I'm I, I'm oh, like yeah. adopting Alex. I'm adopting Isaac's accent as we're talking. <laughs> to him. I do this with everybody I talk to. Um, but I'm I'm adopting Isaac's accent as we talk to him. So it's it's cold pizza then. I think it's cold pizza. Now the the conversation I was most interested in going into this because I think it's, Ethan said there was no way that this was gonna happen. As far as our year two rankings go, I think that this movie beats everything except the Toy Story movies. What's on the list? So so far i know that right below toy story three one what what's the last toy story three is number one okay what's the third one on our list one okay so right behind toy story one is currently crimes of grindelwald yep. and it's better than crimes of grindelwald it's better than crimes of grindelwald i didn't like it as much i liked it i I'd rather i would rather watch crimes of grindelwald again than this again well not. you're going to this weekend, i would but, but i just i much, I, I much prefer again. potter to mm. disney animation that's mm. fair enough like if 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 I have a thing that is like the thing that the Disney stands do, where like they will fall in love with like a, a bad like a Disney Channel original movie that sucks, and be like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. How dare you talk about High School I'm Musical? I'm sorry, but like they do that. that. It's not just High School Musical. It's like there's all of them, it's all kinds of Disney. Yeah, the Descendants. What Zombies. are those? Descendants. God, I love those. Right. Anyway, so if if there's a comparison to be made with me, it's it's Potter. Like I would rather watch a bad Potter movie than a, like an all right Disney animation movie, personally. But I will agree that it goes above Crimes of Grindelwald on the board, and it's obviously better than Venom. It's obviously better than Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Just like it tells a story, so it's better than all three of those movies because it has a cohesive <laughs> story. It may not be the best cohesive story, but it has a cohesive story. But like yeah. we set the bar very high for gonna... the top and not very high for the bottom. <laughs> Right. There's a huge gap. I mean, we did the same thing last Toy we Story. The same thing three. last year. We were like Iron Man, <laughs> The Incredible Hulk. And then everything <laughs> right. for months fit in between those. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man 2. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff came above Iron Man. Uh, great. I'm glad we had that conversation. I'm glad we were able to say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> well, how do we get? How do we rank Ralph as a villain? Ralph's not the villain. Oh, he, he is, is a villain. Look at that. You're it's right. lens. That's um, part of I what's think, wrong with the story of this movie. I think he's compelling. I don't think he's as good a villain as Grindelwald. No, he, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, Grindelwald didn't really do many crimes, but... I think Grindelwald in the next movie is going to secure himself as a killmonger. God, I hope. Eric. I think that, like, if the next movie is good, it will be because Grindelwald did something awesome on screen. Here's here's the thing, is, like, I think Grindelwald is more compelling than uh, Domino Gleason in Force Awakens. Than Hux? Than Hux, Hux is the backup like, If you're villain. going to be... Yeah. Like, if you're going to be Space Hitler, you can do better than Hux. But if you're going to be Wizard Hitler, you can't do better than Grindelwald. Well, that's because... Space Hitler was already done. It was Sheev Palpatine. Who was Sheev Palpatine? 
but that that's sort of my take on it. I, I felt like Grindelwald was awesome wizard Hitler. Yeah, I mean, Hux wasn't as good as Palpatine. Hux was still awesome. Hux makes that speech. Ooh. That's a sweet speech. Ooh. Force Awakens is such a good movie. I, I feel like Grindelwald, like, which is just my also my problem with like Voldemort initially, is like he's always hyped up as this really powerful like entity, and then they're not doing anything to show it. Oh, I felt like Grindelwald. The only thing I thought Crimes of Grindelwald did well was to show yeah. how how evil and smart Grindelwald is. And because I, was yeah. like, he did the speech and how how appealing his point of view, his perspective would be to a fragile wizarding community. Yeah, and that's that's Grindelwald's real power, and that's the consistent theme for the Harry Potter books and movie books books and movies books. is that like power is still power, and like power is always going to be better. Like coercion is always going to be better than magic. Always, it's yeah. like that's the whole thing. That's the frustrating thing with book five is because they're all they're talking the whole time like you know there's a weapon something Voldemort doesn't have before, and and you know Ron Weasley's just constantly like man I bet it's some new kind of magic that nobody's ever heard of like some like like. Like it's gonna be like a like a magic bomb and i'm like right. no it's obviously not gonna be it's gonna be something much more subtle and grandiose and it's a prophecy yeah it's a prophecy it's it's love it's stupid and that's the thing with grindelwald is like grindelwald's power isn't the fact that he can do more amazing magic than anybody else because everybody could do pretty much good magic like yeah the elder wand might make him better at magic but what his power is is convincing people to be on his side and i think they did a really good job showing that and I think the Grindelwald is, like, the one good thing about that movie. Yeah, I agree with that. And I feel like that is a compelling point. Like, that was the, the main thing I picked up from him was that he was a charismatic and persuasive individual. But I, but it's just like... But at the same time, you want to see him blowing buildings apart. Like, I get it. Yeah, because like, it's I like... Like, I get it. I, yeah, I absolutely like, get it. The only person who can stop you is Dumbledore. Okay? Show us why. Show yeah. us why. Yeah, stop telling me. Just show us. That was how I felt about Voldemort for seven movies. Same. It's all he did was push his wand and like say Avada Kedavra. But it's like anyone can do that. What a silly problem. I, and he couldn't even do it better than everyone else. He was killed by hundred percent. Yeah, I hundred yeah, percent agree with that. And I get the Potter books and like and the movies. And we have this opportunity to like have this beautiful thing in the world that we can just analyze to death. And like I get it. But at the same time, yeah, I want to see Voldemort blow some buildings apart. I want to see Grindelwald like blow Paris up with some magic. Well, he did. He did the fiend fire and that no, was awesome that's not a that was like the best piece of really evil magic cool. that's happened in a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. And then Nicholas Flamel showed up for some uh, reason. Yeah. What? <laughs> Ooh, throwback Potter character. He would have been alive at this point. <laughs> that's, okay. I, oh, 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 that that was the point I've been trying to make this whole time. Is I thought that this movie that we just reviewed, Wrecker Ralph Two, Ralph Breaks the Internet, did a very good job of being fan servicey without like feeling fan servicey. Yep. Yeah. It never pushed over the line where like it I felt wasn't, like it was forced. It was never cringy. Ooh, it did at one point when C-3PO showed up. I was like... No, I loved it. I the only time I... I the only thing I thought was cringy was the the um, Rick Roll thing. Oh, I didn't yeah. stay for that. So, bing, bang, boom. Well, anyway, um, we should probably go ahead and wrap up. Tyler's house is exploding. Um, <laughs> yeah. This has been a delightful conversation, gents. Um, this episode comes out Thursday. It is currently Monday. So, Isaac, any promotion you can do in a video or anything like that would really super I'll help us out. I'll add some stakes to it for you, Watso. Currently, right. you are our number four most downloaded episode of all time. Okay? Wow. Number four. Four. You're the you're the lowest of the Harry Potter episodes, and they are all the top episodes. So you're number you're no, you're number four all time, right o, right above uh, Seamus with Incredibles two. So the challenge to you is to get your people to download the show and and beat 
all of those. <laughs> Mobilize the troops. So we, we called in a ringer on this one. We called in the Wreck-It Ralph Scholar for a Wreck-It Ralph movie, and it was a delightful conversation. I'm so glad we had this conversation. I will go back and watch Wreck-It Ralph 1, and I will report back with my thoughts. Yeah. yeah. You can find information to get in touch with Ethan and myself and Isaac all in the description below. Uh, I would tell you what they all are, but it's going to be much easier to just click Should I link. read Seamus's YouTube URL again? No, you should not. Just give us a little sign off. And I need to. I need an A phrase, real quick. Give me something. I don't know. Your job. That's not good. No. Did somebody um, say something with an A? Is it an important quote with an A? I have no idea. I'm looking. Tyler, I'm looking, why are we looking, not I'm subscribed looking. to Tessa Netting on YouTube? Me watching? I don't know. I follow her on Instagram or on Facebook. Well, I just noticed this. All right, I got okay. something. Thank you guys for listening to another wonderful episode of Bacon and Eggs. It's been a lot of fun to record. I have been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin, and him up there in the great white north with all the snow has been Isaac Carlson, a.k.a. Watso Videos. Thank you for listening, and until next week, Arrivederci. Oh, come on. Princesses and cartoon characters. Lame. Ethan, do you have your script in front of you? Nope. Which script is it? El Scripto El number scripto seven. Number seven. Yeah, okay. I got it. <laughs> your writing's a little here but <laughs> what you're, it's like made and then on the next line but three tabs over 127 million four hundred or and then like tab 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 worldwide Ooh, i'm glad i'm already laughing that's good news